This is the Future of Digital Art podcast, brought to you by Sakshi Art. This show is dedicated to empowering emerging artists by helping them better understand how they can use technology to expand their art offerings. In each episode, we'll interview successful NFT artists, collectors, and digital art influencers. They'll share insights on how the art world is changing, how they got involved in digital art, art NFTs, the creator economy, and actionable advice that you can use to grow your portfolio and win at the future of digital art. I'm your host, Capucin Jenkins, curator of digital art and NFTs at Saatchi Art. Saatchi Art is thrilled to present Visions of the Future, a jury-curated NFT auction and exhibition showcasing 50 of the best up-and-coming talents within the photography NFT space. The auction will be previewed first to token holders of the other avatars on September 20th, then will open to the public on September 22nd. Visit our website to learn more and join our Discord to stay up to date on project news and announcements. Now let's dive right into the show we have played for you today. Hey everyone, and thanks for listening to another episode of the Future of Digital Art podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Grace and Sonia, social media manager at World of Women, and Anya Foran, community and project manager at Sachi Art. Thanks for chatting with me today. Do you guys want to introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Hi, my name is Grace. I am the social media manager at World of Women. I started teaching myself about NFTs last year and saw that World of Women was hiring and applied and got the job. So it's truly a dream come true. And thank you so much for having me. Hi, guys. My name is Anya. I am the community and project manager for NFTs here at Saatchi Art. And before joining Saatchi Art, I have some project management experience, mostly in healthcare, but I have always been super passionate about NFTs and the potential that they have. So I'm super excited to have joined the team about five months ago. So glad to be here as well. Awesome. Thank you both again. So let's just dig right into it. So this is a question for both of you. What are your thoughts on sort of the state of community and social engagement in Web3 right now? It's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think from my perspective, when I look at community and engagement in Web3, I see a lot of potential in terms of the people who are in this space. But I also see a really huge opportunity for new tools to be introduced. So that is to say, things like Twitter and Discord, I think, can offer some really great connections. And I've seen those connections happen as a part of my job. But at the same time, I think there are some real limitations. And I would be interested to potentially see a more Web3 native social app really take off in the future. So I think we're in an exciting time, though, especially in terms of how many people are genuinely engaged and interested in finding other people who want to do the same type of work and community building that they want to do. I think from there, it's just kind of a question about how to best harness and direct that energy in a positive way. Yeah, if you were to ask anyone in NFTs, especially they will tell you that community is the foundation for everything in Web3. And personally, I love that we're developing new ways of connecting beyond our current social media environment. Mm -hmm. Like you can log on to a metaverse gaming platform, you can socialize virtually, you can own a digital residence and decorate your space to reflect your digital identity. 
like World of Women recently did with our capacitors in collaboration with OnCyber. It just adds a whole new dimension to interacting with others, allowing us to form community globally online. Grace, do you want to tell us a little more about the capacitors? I don't know if everyone's familiar. For sure. Yeah. So we started this storyline, this lore on our capacitors. And over the summer, we were dropping hints and there were puzzles that we passed to our community and our Discord and they all had to work together to solve them. We introduced a villain who (laughs) thwarted the delivery, (laughs) who thwarted the delivery of our capacitors to our WoW, WoW Galaxy holders, which is our second collection. And they were just recently revealed to be, you have the opportunity to transform them into your own digital residence in partnership with OnCyber. So it's very cool. If you have a blue capacitor, you can transform it into an origin residence. If you have a green capacitor, you can transform it into a nebula quarters. And both of them are digital spaces where you can create your own unique URL that anyone can visit and you can decorate it with your NFT art that you own. So it's really cool. It's been amazing to see people in our community decorate their own interiors. And yeah. (laughs) Wow, that sounds incredible. So this is a question for you, Grace. What are some challenges you've had as the face of social media for a while? I can imagine with such a big role that there definitely are some. Is there anything unique about the challenges versus, you know, maybe a more traditional digital company that they wouldn't encounter? For sure. Some challenges we face regarding social media world of women are that there are so many platforms out there, right? (laughs) Discord, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, etc. And when you're trying to communicate with your holders, your community, and also invite non-holders into the fold, it's a lot of content to create and manage, quite frankly. Not only that, but our community has varying preferences regarding each platform. Like someone may have a knowledge barrier on how to use Discord and another may spend hours scrolling their For You page on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Guilty as charged. (laughs) (laughs) And there's just such a wide range in our demographics. So it's really a matter of finding the most effective way to communicate to everyone. So that's why we try to keep our content strategy very diverse, just like our community. So maybe I guess it's less of a challenge really after all, but more of an opportunity. And yeah, just touching on something that Anya said earlier, something unique about NFTs and Web3 in general is that we always say we're early and this industry is currently a niche and hasn't quite Mm -hmm. hit the mainstream consciousness yet. I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there more and more, quote, Web2 brands are getting metaverse on the brain, but I think right now it's sometimes hard to tap into outside audiences because there is that initial learning curve. Some people don't even understand what a non-fungible token is. So part of WOW's mission is also welcoming in and educating those who are new to the space. That's great. And women in particular, I would imagine, right? That's a part of your Yes. Especially women and diverse women (laughs) and non-binary people. Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's great. So still for you, Grace, what are some of the maybe more unexpected positives? And you sort of touched on that a little bit that you've experienced in your role at WOW. Mm, Well, on a not so serious note, I'd say hanging out and riding the subway with the whole team, including (laughs) our artist and co-founder Yam Karpai prior to our finally enough love party with Madonna herself. 
Yeah, um, that was what I was going to say. Partying <laughs> with Madonna, probably. <laughs> it was definitely a high point. Yeah, during NFT NYC this year. Honestly, I've just been so amazed by not only the passion and talent of my fellow WOW team members, but also their humility, kindness, and generosity. Everyone really believes so strongly in WOW's mission, and it's really heartwarming to see. I was really struck by having met so many you know, members of your team, how well talented and smart everyone is, but at the same time, really approachable and down to earth. Like I've felt after meeting them like a few times, even you, Grace, I felt your mission, if that makes sense, not just like listen to it. And I was able to absorb it more after meeting your team. So I would imagine that that's definitely felt in the community. Anya, you're part of the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, WOW was and still is such an instrumental part of my own NFT journey because I had a couple of friends who started to get interested in NFTs last year. And I was a little bit apprehensive, to be honest. I wasn't super into it at first when I first heard about them. I was kind of like, what really is the point? But then when I stumbled upon WoW's website completely by accident, I was really blown away by not only the art style. I mean, the art pulled me in immediately. I thought it was such a beautiful and well-done collection, Mm -hmm. but also how clear they were about their mission and about the purpose of what they're doing. Basically, I understood not only why the art was good or why the mission was good in separation. But I also understood why this is an NFT collection and why they chose to make that space in this community specifically. And so when I picked one up, I think that was probably a really good decision. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I mean, that really is what helped me really understand the potential of NFTs. And I think there's still a lot of untapped potential in NFTs for sure. But I think when looking at the growth that we're seeing, especially in terms of women and non-binary people entering the space more, I really think that World of Women is going to be a leader, not just in terms of who potentially buys their tokens, but also in terms of just being an educational resource and being a resource full of people who understand the value of bringing people into the fold. And I think that's really, really exciting. Great. I love how that touches on to what motivates someone to collect first art of any kind, but also too with so many Web3 projects out right now, what would prompt someone who's interested in NFTs to kind of invest in a project like this? So I really like that you were able to touch on that. It's one of the first questions that I get whenever anyone finds out or discovers that I'm an NFT curator is why would anyone buy <laughs> why would anyone buy an NFT what's what's the use case what's the purpose but that it's more for you and you know I've collected some NFTs too that it's so tied to the mission of the project one and two the quality of the art like I think it goes without saying anyone who sees world of women sort of pfps they're immediately like wow these are so great looking like who's the artist, I think those two elements really kind of contribute to the sell of an NFT or Mm -hmm. placing it. So yeah, I guess it's a question for you, Grace. So WOW is known for profiling emerging artists, sort of like with your initiative, with the monthly art drops. 
What excites you the most about Web3's potential for artists right now? I myself am a person who's dabbled in artistic pursuits. <laughs> and one of the things that really drew me to working at WoW is Yam's story. She really speaks to how making a living as an artist pre-Web3 was not always accessible for everyone. Mm-hmm. And she was able to support herself through selling one-of-one one NFTs even before creating World of Women as a collectible PFP project. Mm-hmm. And it's that freedom to create and sustain yourself off your art without middlemen, without galleries, taking a cut of your work that makes NFTs such an empowering opportunity for artists, in my opinion. And uplifting diverse artists has been a core focus of WOW since the very beginning. Danny Tan, who I think you know, is mm-hmm. our incredible artist liaison. She's so committed to not only giving emerging artists exposure, but also collecting their work through the WOW Fund in collaboration with our Curators Club and delivering value to our holders with art drops as well. That's so great. I'm always fascinated about the backgrounds of artists who are behind PFP projects or really any creators in the space. There's always some kind of an underdog story in that way. And that Web3 is able to provide more opportunities for artists who might have been overlooked in a more traditional art world setting is incredibly positive. I'm curious about sort of like Yim's like her origin story, like how did she get linked up with World of Women? Was it just kind of one of those like projects that happen almost like kismet? Like, do you know, Grace? Yeah. When I was just a fan of World of Women prior to working at the company, you know, I was keeping pretty close tabs on the story and watching different interviews that Yim and her partner, co-founder Raf were doing Mm -hmm. at the time. So Yam is a co-founder. Like this is also not only her art, but it's also her vision. Mm -hmm. And she's been, you know, from the very beginning of the brand, she has been there and kind of like shaping the vision. And yeah, she will tell these stories of how, you know, she used to bust tables and she used to have this odd job. And she used to, I think, (laughs) teach languages at some point. I don't know. I could just be Mm -hmm. making that up. Um, But you know, she was a classic like artist juggling so many side gigs to be able to kind of fathom the idea of having your passion a reality. And she found NFTs. She garnered somewhat of a following of people who were fans of her work and started selling the one of ones and then started to realize like, It was kismet in the way that it was, you know, the serendipitous, perfect timing of hitting that stroke, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Mm -hmm. perfect time in 2021 where everything was just like rocketing. So yeah, we we just celebrated our one year anniversary in July. The collection launched in July of 2021, which is wild to think about like how much has happened in the past year and the web three and NFT space moves so fast. So, mm-hmm. you know, a year feels like 10 years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty wild. It's a very inspiring story for me as someone who has, you know, toyed with the idea of pursuing art full time, but never felt like, you know, socially, a lot of times you're told that like being an artist isn't a viable career option. And clearly with the possibilities of NFTs, like, It is very Mm -hmm. much so. Yeah. It seems like 
a lot of the same tools are used for social engagement, social media engagement in Web3, like you mentioned, Anya, on Twitter and Discord. In the next couple of years, you guys see this changing? Like, how do you recommend artists like use these channels to kind of maximize their engagement and understand the space? That's a really good question. Yeah, I can go ahead and start. I honestly think we will see some type of aggregation of these tools, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. And that could even come in the form of something like a Substack or other newsletter where you basically just get a roundup of the announcements that were posted on Discord or Twitter that week. So I think something like that has a lot of potential for people who are still interested in keeping up with the project, but don't necessarily want to be checking like 50 Discord Mm -hmm. announcement channels every single day. Uh Um, So I think there's that. I could also see definitely an increase in popularity of Web3 native protocols that tie your online identity to your blockchain identity. So things like the Lens protocol, which I believe is still in beta, where you know for sure that you're going to be engaging with other Web3 people, I think those tools are going to have a lot of potential as well. I think there will still be a place for Twitter and Discord. And I think projects will just need to be agile enough to evolve and understand the needs of their audience. I think that speaks to a point Grace was making earlier about how World of Women's content strategy is diverse because the preferences of their community are diverse. So for them, that makes complete sense. But maybe for a smaller artist, they really gained a huge following on Twitter and really like creating threads about their works in progress and about their creative processes and all of these other things. So maybe for them, a Twitter focus makes sense. So I guess to answer that question, it is going to evolve. I think the meta and the trends are going to evolve about uh, what's used the most. And then I think on a project or individual level, it's probably going to adapt in response to the preferences of the artists involved and to the preferences of their audience. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I could not have said it better myself. Such a good answer. (laughs) Yeah, I guess common knowledge in the space is really that if you want to either learn about NFTs, collect NFTs, or create NFTs, you should be on Twitter and Discord. Mm -hmm. These platforms really are like the bread and butter for getting the most current information on the space and also for networking and making connections, which is also so important when you're just starting out. And in my opinion, I think there's so much opportunity for social media to really grow and change and adapt to the evolving landscape. We're seeing a huge shift towards audiovisual content Hmm. being favored almost exclusively across all platforms. People want to engage with short form videos. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're to envision even further In the future, there are possibilities beyond our current comprehension of what social media and socializing will look like in the metaverse with tools like virtual reality and augmented reality. But for artists who want to enter the space, investing time in yourself and your work also means educating yourself on Web3 and NFTs, doing your own research, and really just putting yourself out there. So talk about your work, create content of your art and art making processes and share it. Find communities where you feel welcomed and ask questions. Something I've found overall in this space, especially when entering a discord like World of Women's, is that people are very willing to help. Oh, for sure. I love that advice of telling artists to just jump right in and share. I think a lot of artists have sort of 
started that way. Like either they had a friend in their own artist network who sort of put them on and then they just started sharing and the right people saw it. So yeah, I think just kind of jumping right in to get started. It sounds like maybe surface advice, but it really it really does work just sharing and finding your own artists network and community. That's I think like really the key as an artist sort of getting started in the space for sure. So what advice do you guys have for artists and collectors who are new to web3 and want to join a strong community? Like, what are some green flags that indicate a Web3 community is supportive and welcoming? Generally, I think you can get a pretty good idea of what a community cares about by scanning their Twitter and observing Mm -hmm. and engaging in their Discord. They're going to share what's important to them, and you get to decide if those things are important to you too. But I think there are some basics like, is their Discord a safe environment with active moderators? Are newcomers welcomed with open arms? Mm-hmm. How does their community interact with each other? This is kind of like a full circle moment from the beginning <laughs> of our chat because community really is what defines a project and a brand who's out there representing proudly that they're a member of your community by wearing your merch, using your PFP, and embodying the values of the brands. Yeah, I'm really proud of World of Women because the people who make up our network are truly incredible. Yeah. I think that's a really great answer. I would probably say green flags also have to do with the people you interact with who represent that community, whether that is people in their Discord who are super active. So very similar to what Grace was saying, but also people who you just happen upon on Twitter for a totally different project or totally different subject who have a PFP from that project. And if they are contributing in a thoughtful and kind way, I think that can be a really encouraging sign that it's a project you want to be a part of. And of course, you know, the projects aren't necessarily fully responsible for everybody who happens to have a PFP of them. But just as a general trend, I think it can be a positive sign if you're seeing people maybe talk about other things or other subjects, and you really like the way that they do it and what they have to offer. Great. I love that. So that's all we're going to have time to cover today. But before we wrap, if people want to find you guys, where should they go? Yeah. So if you want to find me, I would definitely check out my Twitter. So you'll find me under Anya.eth or my Twitter handle AnyaTherium. So it's just A-I-N and then the word Ethereum. So yeah. And if you want to find my personal account, it's at D-I-S-S-S-S Grace disgrace with four s's on twitter and then i run all of the social media accounts for world of women so that's at world of women nft on twitter at world of women dot nft on instagram and at world of women nft on tiktok okay great thanks again and we look forward to seeing all that you guys do moving forward let's keep in touch thank you thank you so much Thanks for listening to the Future of Digital Art podcast brought to you by Sachi Art. If you enjoyed today's show, please do us a favor and leave us a rating or review. If you'd like to find out more about Sachi Art's first ever art NFT collection, The Other Avatars, or to engage with Sachi Art as an artist, please visit www.sachiart.com forward slash NFT. Thanks, and I'll catch you again on the next episode.